You are now listening to Someone Needs to Hear It. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode five of Someone Needs to Hear It, rewriting our narratives. I'm going to start the same way as I always do. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support, feedback, all that good stuff. If you haven't yet, please, 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 please take 30 seconds and subscribe, favorite, like, and or review the podcast on whichever app you use because it will help push my content out to the world. And we know that's the point. All right, we're going to get right into it today. Today we are talking about alcohol. There was a New York Times article recently that talked about being sober curious. And the word sober has come up a lot in the media lately in a way of almost transforming the definition. You know, what does it mean to be sober? For me growing up, sober was, was you didn't drink. And, and you didn't drink in a finite way. When we talk about the concept of an alcoholic, an alcoholic, I guess the old view of it, was someone that, you know, was drinking heavily all day, every day. They, w- they woke up in the morning, they'd start drinking, they'd finish that night, they'd go to bed, they'd start over. And while that is true, the concept of alcoholism, or at least the awareness, has shifted over time, especially in the last 10 years. So we're going to talk about what it means to be sober. We're going to talk about this concept of being sober curious. And we're even going to touch upon the concept of an alcoholic versus a binge drinker. But the foundation of this episode is about cultural norms surrounding drinking. We are not telling you to do anything regarding your life. Our goal is to get you to question the norms. And if you start to buck against us a little bit, being like, "Mm, I don't agree with you, and you start to kind of feel that feeling in your chest, in your heart, in your gut, then I think we've proven our point a little bit. And that's okay. You know, it's always about the pot roast. If you don't know the pot roast story, Google that stuff. It's an old parable. But when we grow up and we have these learned behaviors from our parents, from our communities, it can be difficult to see if something is negative. All right. So with that being said, my guest today is Taryn Dickey. Uh, She's an Instagram friend. I'm so happy that I found her online and I'm so happy that she's here to tell you her stories. With that being said, there is a huge trigger warning today. Taryn and I both are going to share stories about sexual assault. So we will be talking about sexual assault, rape, and the concept of consent. If that's something that you're not okay with hearing, no worries. Just shut off the podcast and we'll see you next time. All right, friends, without further ado, Ms. Taryn Dickey. Karen, thank you so much for driving to Salem to be with me today. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. It is lovely here. And yeah, it's besides the traffic, right? Yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. I don't mind it. <laughs> traffic everywhere. So for those that don't know, um, this is my first time meeting Taryn. Taryn, so great to meet you too. So good. Um, Online friends are the best friends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) But something that resonated with me that you posted, so I feel like we both talk about, I guess, like woke shit. We're both trying to be well-read. We're trying to be allies, right? We're trying to make changes in the world. Um, And then I saw that you posted something about being sober and that people were attacking you about it. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I just couldn't handle that and Mm. also resonated with it because there's so much happening right now. I guess there's a New York Times article about like 
sober curious mm -hmm. and and now it's becoming a thing which is kind of making me crazy and I'm also <laughs> super excited about it right right yeah I, I have the same feeling toward it it's um, I actually did not read the article but being in the sober community on Instagram um, you know I kind of caught the gist of it mm -hmm. and it's hard because you want to be excited that more people are waking up to the idea that you don't need alcohol to live your life but at the same time is it trivializing the actual sobriety of people who are in recovery? So yeah, so it's it's kind of tricky. Right, and I think, like you said, it's good that we're opening up to it, but we have to find a way to maneuver and not do what America does and just market a new thing. Absolutely. Here's a new thing, here's, here's a sober new trend. night, here's a new trend. Let's and it's make like, money off of it. It's like, yeah, people are fighting yeah. for their lives, but right. cool, right? right? Yes, let, let's yeah. honestly make money off of people who are it's life or death. Right, exactly, exactly. But how excited are you? So today is number 333 sober. Yes, Yay! yes. And Very then I'm excited. just like angel numbers. Cool. I know, I know. That's a different podcast. I know, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, should we maybe go in that direction? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe later. Maybe Another later. time. Um, so I feel like, so we're going to talk about drinking today. We're going to talk about alcohol. So I feel like let's start from the beginning. Um, when did you first start drinking? So it's funny, I was thinking about this and I, I know it was the winter <laughs> because it was during um, winter track and I don't, and my birthday is also in the winter. Okay. So I could have been 15, but I also could have been 16. Yeah. So it's in and around, that was when I first had my first experience drinking. Had your first experience drinking. And what was drinking like for you when you're growing up? Because I feel like you've worked in high schools, like working in a high school, it's kind of horrifying to see mm. how normalized drinking is sure. at a young age. So what was it like in your, I guess, community or area? What was the norm? You know, I don't think I was really aware of it um, mm -hmm. because I don't remember either one of my parents drinking much growing up. Often we would have, you know, like family parties or get togethers and I'd see them, see my dad primarily maybe have like one beer I didn't really pay much attention to it as I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I remember sticking my finger in the foam and tasting the beer and being yeah. like, ew, you know, and it was like everybody laughed and thought, oh, look, a kid isn't drinking a beer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I just don't remember them drinking that often. And so I don't remember being around it other than like my grandfather um, drank a lot. So I remember the smell of yeah you know like I'm so I, there I, with I, you yeah on that. so I can like walk somewhere I actually the other day I was standing behind um a guy at CVS and I caught a whiff of him and he smelled like Budweiser like he smelled like, like my the grandfather stale. like the just the smell like yeah. I don't even think he had had a drink maybe that day he yeah. just smelled of it you know and and so that's that was my familiarity with alcohol was you know, my grandfather was an alcoholic. My other grandfather, who passed away before I was born, mm -hmm. was an alcoholic. But that's all my, that was just my knowledge of it. It, it wasn't present really in our lives. Yep. Come to find out, I think my parents drank after we went to bed. Not like all the time, but if they had a beer or whatever, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't while we were awake. Like not that in makes front sense? of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, which I think is very interesting yeah. now knowing so much you have you more know, knowledge. my own yeah. life, it's interesting how that impacted me or didn't impact me. I don't know. That's so interesting because I feel the exact same way. My parents really didn't drink. Like mm. there was never really alcohol in the house except for parties. Right. And then my grandfather that was a war vet. So, yes. yep, huge alcoholic, yes. right? Yes. And I remember, 
I remember having this memory and telling my mom like, oh, I think I think grandpa was drinking and driving. She's like, he would never do that. He would never do that. Right. And God rest his soul, wonderful man. So I'll tell you his <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you his recovery story after, but Aww. my I just remember him, there was like something under the seat and he had this Marblehead Bank mug, this like plastic <laughs> shitty mug, and he would pour something into the mug. Yeah. And I remember, I never knew what like a 30 rack was or anything like oh, that. Yeah. I, right, I didn't drink a lot in mm-hmm. high school, but I remember having this trigger moment of seeing a 30 rack. It might've even been in college and being like, oh my God, that's what was under yes. the seat, right? Yes. And that smell of stale beer. <laughs> Can I share something? So of, I have a similar, a similar story, um, not with alcohol. Um, but I remember it must have been one of my first high school parties Mm -hmm. and I smelled something and I was like, oh my God, that smells like my aunt and uncle's house. That's so weird. And everyone's like, um, that's pot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea. I'm like, this is that. And you know, it's just flips your, your view of you know what you well you're not the kid anymore it's a it's like you're a parent you're an adult Mm -hmm. looking back being like oh shit looking at it through the adult lens right 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 that's what it was you're like now I have so many questions Mm. (laughs) so many but yeah for me also oh so just because you know I want to do my grandfather justice so at about 70 years old he called my mom and said I want to stop drinking and my mom's like you can't because you'll physically die Mm. so I don't know if people know that alcohol is one of one of the only substances that if you just stop it, right. um, you can die from withdrawal. So it might be a good piece. Someone probably needs to hear that. Somebody probably Probably does. needs to hear that. Um, and he went to therapy like in his late 60s, early 70s as like this male war vet. And I just always found that so heroic. I was that like, is. shit. And yeah. a lot, you know, people in my family, like he didn't do a lot of great things when he was younger, but mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like that cancel culture. Like, let's try to forgive this person. I just got like, like, look um, what he did. Yeah. You know? Well, I think to your point about the cancel culture, I have to live in a world that where people can always be redeemable, right. where there's a chance at redemption mm-hmm. up until the last moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's sometimes hard for people to hear, especially when you think, you know, and there's some really crazy stuff that people do. Right. Um, but I have to believe that people are always up until that last moment. Right. And as an educator, I feel like we have that piece of us that's like, how can a kid learn without making a mistake? And yeah, sometimes mistakes are really fucked up. Right. Right. And people need to be held accountable for that. Right. Um, Right. But if they're able to show that they can change, then I don't think that we should cancel them for the rest of their life. Right. And especially in like addiction culture, addiction Mm. recovery, sobriety, that forgiveness is so necessary. Yeah. Wow, we're doing a lot of things. A lot like of things under here. 10 minutes. We've got, we've got, got so much to cover. <laughs> Feeling so oh. good about this episode. All right. I'm sweating. All right. It's good. <laughs> always sweating. Mm-hmm. I just I just say that's the Italian, right? Last name's Carnivale. It's just always, it's always <laughs> happening. Always happening. Um, all right. So back to when we both, I guess I'd say, first started drinking. Mm. So I look at the norm. For me, I realize, like you say, that reflection. So as I got older, I didn't do drugs in high school, but I hung out with what we call stoners. Sure. Because, A, they were really nice, B, they listened to cool music, C, they wore cool clothing, right? right? So, always around that. A good that. time. A good, good time. time. Um, and I guess I really didn't start drinking until, like, till I started dating and then actually, like, went to parties. Mm-hmm. And so, like, parties were normal. Parties happened in parents' basements. Yeah. Um, I still see that today, which is kind of horrible. And I feel like 
what was the line people say? Oh, I'd rather have them do it in my house than mm. somewhere else, right? Um, what was that like for you growing up? Um, so I think once I got into, like in and around 15, 16 was probably the time where it wasn't hard to find a party. You know, yep. it wasn't hard yep. to find an instance where you could drink if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes it would be in a, for, for us anyway, it was in a place where parents weren't there. Um, older sibling, maybe, okay, yep. perhaps, you yep. know, like much older, could buy for us, like hung out with us, which is honestly, when I look back, really bizarre and weird. Yep. Um, well, speaking as creepy, a parent, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm being honest. Yep. Um, but yeah, so it was just never had an issue finding something to do yep. on the weekend. And if you wanted to include alcohol or drugs, although I didn't do drugs in high school, not that I have a judgment toward that. I just mm -hmm. didn't do it because I was like, this isn't what we do, right? Right. You right. know, to my group of friends, like we don't, we're not, you want to do drugs, right? Like we do, we do the alcohol thing, right? right. Like Your norm wasn't that. Right. Yeah. Right. It's almost like people go into cliques yeah. with drugs and alcohol yeah. and like recreational things of right. like, we're stoners, why would you do that? Yeah. Or why are you drinking hard alcohol? Drink like right. natty ice or something, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of what it was that. Like, I'll tell you about my first time drinking. Um, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah, what was the, oh, Cider Jack. Wasn't that another I think thing? Cider Jack yeah. is a thing. Um, but Mike's Hard yeah. Lemonade, I, ugh. I can I can taste the vomit, I so can, I gave yeah. I gave, <laughs> I gave myself alcohol poisoning because I had no idea. And I know that at school, right? You probably watched a video, or oh, you yeah. probably like made a poster in health class, but it was nothing <laughs> that actually taught me right. about the culture of like what happens when you drink. And I just remember, I, you know, I was probably like. I graduated high school at probably like 90 pounds. Like I was always a very mm. tiny person. So at that point, I mean, how much did I fucking weigh? And I'm just drinking and drinking and drinking, right. having no idea. Terrible. And I remember throwing up, passing out in my own vomit. Thank God for my friends that they know who they are. I'm not going to call anyone out for right. taking care of me, right? <laughs> but like, and then no one will bring you to the hospital. Like I was just in on the bathroom floor. Like you're just throwing up foam and bile. And, yeah. and then because nothing comes of it, Right. Then you're like, I guess people do this thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Everyone hides it and then it's just like, no, that's fine. Yeah. Because no one wants to get in trouble. Right. Parents included. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one God. I can smell it. I know. can taste it. Oh, God, I can taste it. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the first time that you drank? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> sure thing. Um, cool. Easy stories. No yeah. problem. Wicked easy stories. Share story. whatever you need to or want yeah, to share. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Um, so the first time that I drank, mm -hmm. like I said, could have been 15, could have been 16. It was the winter. Um, <laughs> it was the winter. There yeah, was no. Set, we've got a setting for you. And, uh, the plan was to go over a friend's house. And I use the term friend loosely because what it was is my best friend's boyfriend's best friend. Sure. Right. Got it. You following? Yeah. Is everybody with me? Okay. So we're going over his house. And we were waiting for my friend to get there. She mm -hmm. had a, um, a track meet, because hence the winter track. And, uh, and so we were gonna wait for her and the four of us were all gonna just drink together. Uh, who makes that plan? Who makes that plan? High but school kids. High school kids, right? <laughs> so, so I get there, my, yeah. I'm pretty sure my dad dropped me off, mm -hmm. which when I think back on this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, he, like, he must feel, or he doesn't know, but he, you know, yep. for him to just drop me off and I just let him do that. 
So I get there and it's just my friend's boyfriend and his friend at this point. Okay. My friend didn't end up showing up till like hours later mm -hmm. because um, whatever, it went late. Yep. This is hard. Yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, I could totally do this, totally talk about this. Again, whatever you feel comfortable Yeah, no, sharing. it's good. It's good. Because someone needs to hear it. Because so, Someone needs to hear that's it. That's why this shit's hard, right? Because yeah. I'm like, every time I post something that feels so monstrous, and then I post it, and I feel better. Yes. And then there's always one person that's like, thank you for fucking saying that to me, yeah. because now everything's better for me. And I'm like, right. and then it's, I know. Yeah. And then it comes out. All right. Yeah. So we're there. We're in the kid's bedroom. And they have, uh, I don't even know what it is. This is how uninformed I am around. You talked about the 30 rack. I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it a fifth? I don't know. Like, what, what is approximately this? Um, um, and it's like Goldschlager. So it's like um, a, hand, a handle. A ha it could have been a, a handle. handle. Sure. This, this <laughs> is hilarious. She's, mime, she's miming to yes, me right I'm, now. I'm moving. Yeah. I'm, it's actually a little inappropriate what I'm showing <laughs> for a, the handle. But yeah, so... They have Goldschlager, and to this day, like Big Red, um, Hot Balls, cool. I'm still like not really convinced I like them because it was just so much. So yep. we started drinking, and you know, I don't think, well, because I had no idea how much to drink, right? what it was going to yep. do to me, like I just kept taking whatever they were giving and me. And Goldschlager, that's some heavy... Heavy, some heavy, heavy shit. shit. Like it wasn't a beer to start your first drinking experience. Right. Like this was, you know, like that's proof. what I that's what I was drinking. So yeah. uh, there, I don't know. Like I never know what to say because I don't want to encourage people. But like there's a there's a drink called liquid cocaine and it's Goldschlager, um, and Jaeger. Oh, that sounds pleasant. So, but I that was in like my bad stages where I was yeah. like, how fucked up can I get? Right. Like that's the thing I'm reaching for, and that's right. the thing you're starting with. Yes, like, that's yeah. the thing I started with. Yeah. So I want to like just put a pause and say to anybody who's <laughs> maybe a high school teenage or teenage girl, don't go somewhere and drink with two boys. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Yep. Like promise me, don't. Um, so I start drinking and I definitely don't remember much at this point. Yep. Um, I was on the bed with the friend. We started kissing. That's all I remember. Mm -hmm. And then from there, my friend showed up, like I said, several hours later, opens the door, sees us all passed out, yep. throws her bag on us because she's pissed, like her gym bag from like, yep. she's pissed that we all started without her and that we we're all clowns at this yeah, point you yeah, know? yeah she's like what did you do and at the i was like okay i have to go to the bathroom and i noticed that like my pants were undone and like i don't know what happened and mm -hmm. i think this is what what bothers me the most like i don't know did he just put his hands down my pants mm -hmm. did or did they put my did they do something was right. it just him was i did he interpret me being into it so like did he really sexually assault me? Mm -hmm. You know, like all of these things were kind of going through my head, but not really because I was drunk. Right. <laughs> so, right. so you can't even let them go through your head because you had yeah. a thought and then it stopped by this repressed whatever because of right. alcohol. Yeah. So, so like I'm just completely shitty. I don't think we stayed much longer. Mm -hmm. I actually think we left um, very shortly after and got back to my girlfriend's house. I slept it off. The next morning I woke up went to the bathroom and it stung when I peed. Oh, yeah. And so 
the weirdest thing about all of it is at the time like I wasn't I wasn't like sexually active I wasn't like really doing much other than like making out with people so I didn't even think I didn't think that anything really happened Mm -hmm. even though deep down like I knew something like you kind of knew yeah and it wasn't until my 30s that I finally was like holy shit I was semi-assaulted or Mm -hmm. I I mean I I say I was sexually assaulted but again like I can't you know when people are like do you know for sure I'm like well no I don't right and so it played with my mind for a bit Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've definitely like processed through it and I'm very comfortable with that's just a part of my story look at you being a strong ass woman talking about it yeah yeah right hi but um, standing ovation come on thanks yeah so it's just you know that was beyond that like that Monday morning I went to school and like everybody knew Taryn Brady had gotten drunk and like I and you know when people are like I know everybody was talking about me and they're like nobody was talking about you yeah no these people (laughs) were talking they were talking about about it um and there was so much shame that I was like the one that got drunk. Ne- never mind, like the whatever Everyone might have else happened is with to you me. too. Yeah, drinking, but and, it's on and you. And nobody had any. Nobody had anything to say about these two guys. Yep. Nobody said anything about it. But it was me, which right. is a whole other episode, I think. There. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. So yeah. So that was my first drinking experience. You know, I, I was <coughs> the person that very rarely got sick. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was hungover yep. as shit. A lot of the time but I never got like physically sick um, and I used to that was like a claim to fame for a while I was like oh I have yeah. an iron stomach I'm a true Irishman you yeah. know oh yeah 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 so, I'm Irish I can yeah. hold my liquor yeah yeah Which I'm Irish and can't silly. so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think one's better than the other really but but this yeah. this opens up such a an important conversation about consent mm. and it's really interesting so I just taught do you know the book speak by Lori Hall Sanderson, which is about an eighth grade girl who was assaulted drinking. I'm familiar with it, yep. but I haven't read it. So we, I had my honors class read that on their own, and they had to read, <laughs> I had to read um, Sherman Alexie's The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. So we just at least got to look at, I know it's like binary, but like a male and female perspective mm. going into high school, there are significant issues, there's right. marginalization, right? Um, and one of my male students asked me about consent, because they're like, this is how you know who I am. The kid raises his hand and goes, please don't get mad at me. And I was like, "No, I got you. I got you. We're in like real conversation right now. We're in the circle. We're in the safe space. (laughs) We're in the trust tree. Like what's up? And he's like, well, she was drinking and then she like kind of consented, but then she like didn't consent after that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What do you think that means? Right. And I'm like, so now this is great. I have these like 14 and 15 year old kids that are asking these questions. But it's kind of like you said, it's shameful. It's right. shameful for women to talk about it. Right. Um, it makes a lot of males uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have that conversation, especially where alcohol is involved and it, it blurs the fucking right. lines of like, what is real? What do I want? Right. What does this other person want? And, you know, having been drunk many a time in my life and having made poor, poor decisions with you. <laughs> that I would never have mm-hmm. made sober I, I have a hard time placing blame on the person who th- you know it starts out that it feels like everybody's on board mm-hmm. 
and are people still on board? I can't really tell, but I'm in my own thing because I'm drunk and I don't know what's happening. And right. you know, like, and I, and I don't want to downplay like consent and you know rape and assault because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying like I can understand in certain instances where people really struggle to wait is is the person even still awake am i awake like it's just right. there's a lot of things that can happen i um, i understand that 100 percent. i remember the first time i did ecstasy um we went to an after hours i don't want to like call places yeah, out right it's, so it's fine right an after hours yeah. right there's and a place we went to we're at a in a dark room with loud music right, right? right. so and I was with close friends, and I just remember, like, again, I have addiction problems. I didn't understand what that meant. Right. Because the picture of addiction we're shown as kids doesn't look like me, right? So I don't know. I think I'm okay. Right. And then no one at home's talking about it, right? No one at school's really no, talking about right. it. So I'm just eating the pills. That's its own problem of me. I have no idea what's going into my body. I don't know where I'm getting these things, right? But I, I believe I'm with people that I can trust. Right. And one of my good girlfriends was like, grabbed me, tried to drag me out of the club. Like, thank God for her trying her best. But she's like, I have to go home. She had to like work the next day. Right. She tried, I stayed. So I end up going home with a group of guys, right? Right. You make really smart again, choices. really, 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 yeah. But yeah. again, like I make a choice. I'm in this nightclub. I'm, I'm taking these things of my own free will. And I remember, so you get really fucked up on ecstasy. Your eyes will flutter. I couldn't open my eyes. I'm like in the car and I'm like, what's happening? Like they're laughing because they're like, haha, funny drug experience. But I'm like, am I dying? Right. Um, and so I remember like, I can consenting with this person, but I'm consenting on probably like six or seven ecstasy pills, right. not knowing what's going on. And the only thing I remember after that, I woke up in a bathtub with water coming oh. down on me, just being like, then I'm like, did I OD? Right. Like, did I put myself in here? Was right. I fine before? Right. Right. And it's that gray area mm -hmm. shit of, for so long, so many therapy trips, right, of like, okay, it's no one's fault. Right. I have to try to own this thing. Yes. But then really quickly you go on the merry-go-round of like, his fault, right. my fault, society's Absolutely. fault, your fault, my right. fault, his fault. Right. It's, yeah, it's a blurred fucking line. So yeah. I feel like if anyone could take anything away from this, like, A, you don't need substance to have fun. It's its own problem. But like, <laughs> B, if you're getting so fucked up, especially to maybe be able to be in those situations. Right. It's something to dig a little deeper in. Absolutely. Separating yourself before you put yourself in those situations. Absolutely. But yeah, I feel like I've had females be like, oh, so like, are you saying it's not his fault, right? The people that end up being like fundamentalists right. in the conversation. And I'm like... It's hard to be that black hard. and white. It's hard, yeah. And it's, and it's, again, it's not to negate what happened to you. Right. Um, but this is the conversation, like you just said, you know, who is to blame for this? And, you know, I'd place a higher blame on alcohol itself, but also on society's love affair with it. Right. You know, versus the, the people, the individual. Right. If it's, that makes sense. It's the pot roast. It's yeah. the, my favorite pot roast yeah. story because it's like, we all grow up thinking there's a norm. And that's why I started with it. Like, what was your norm growing right. up? And if everybody's norm is, you know, you go get fucked up on the weekends, right? right or you do happy hour after work, yes. <laughs> then that blurs so many lines, right, Absolutely. after that. Um, Absolutely. I looked up some stats because, you know, nerdy teacher oh, over yeah. here. Um, so I'm going to bring up the DR because it's my favorite thing to get pissed about right now. But, like, people are flipping out about the DR because of 10 deaths. I don't even... 
Right. Yeah. Fucking horrible. Horrible, sure. But, but it comes into all these other things that are happening. Like, we don't have to talk about, like, pro-life, pro-choice, any sure. of that. But there's shit with immigration, right? And, and people, instead of talking about lives as such, like, it becomes like a, like a veiled perspective of, like, well, these lives are important, right? This is important. Mm. Instead of just talking about deaths in general. Sure. And so if people want to be upset about deaths... Look at the alcohol statistics. So on the CDC website between 2006 and 2010, 88,000 deaths. Um, I think, so in 2017, from drunk driving crashes, over 10,000 deaths. Just drunk driving crashes alone. Um, We also rank third in the world for drunk driving fatalities under South America and Canada. Um, These stats are pretty shitty. Why is no one talking about them, right? Another stat I found really interesting on the CDC websites so the loss of money due to excessive alcohol consumption, meeting like DUIs, legal issues, health issues, car accidents, right? Um, you're looking at like $249 million a year Yeah. because people don't know, and not putting on the people, but they don't know how to take care of themselves. Right. Or they think this thing's okay when every time you turn on the TV and add, you go to, I mean, isn't there places called like Budweiser stadiums and things like that, Absolutely. right? Like alcohol is is put in front of your face every day like this thing's okay yeah but we don't talk about it we don't talk about it there's some stat too um and i don't know exactly where it is i'm not pulling it out of my butt like a lot of people do um (laughs) but it's something along the lines of over 80 percent of all people all adults drink in some shape or form Mm -hmm. i also saw a stat and this was for the uk could be um i'm sure it's very similar to the u.s but um the amount of money that is spent on alcohol doesn't match up is actually double what people report to their um, like their primary care. So when your doctor yeah, says, yeah, "Hey, yeah, how much yeah. are you drinking in a given week?" they report it, but the alcohol sales are telling us that it's double, right? What you're actually reporting. So that's interesting. Which is very you, interesting. You brought that up because I I made and this is going to sound shitty. I made the mistake once of being honest at a doctor's mm. appointment and I had to go see a social worker and I thought they were going to like take me. And that was like actually after a lot of my recovery, yeah, which I found really interesting and I had someone in my life not going to call them out be like you never they work in the medical field, never be honest with a doctor. Yeah. So it's like we can't be it goes right, you can't be yeah. honest about right. it. Because immediately the only response is, oh, you need to get, like, thrown in treatment and get help when it's, like... Which is kind of ridiculous because whatever you're honest about is probably just as much as that doctor's drinking in a given given week or whatever, you know? Right, right. Um, Yeah, I found that. (laughs) That's that's probably a topic for another day. That's also a topic. I'll just start (laughs) taking notes. Yeah, just write Um, it down. So I want to get to your, like, aha moment Mm. of when you stop drinking, but before that. Mm. So... What were, what were the later years like for you? I mean... Like, were you drinking, like, once a day, binge drinking on the weekends? Like, what type of drinker no. were you? So, I was always the drinker that, you know, we would get together with friends on the weekends. We would go to parties. That kind of drinker. So, mm-hmm. and it would be to excess, oftentimes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really drink during the week if I did you know it was probably in my 20s and it was like hey you want to have a beer or yeah. you want to go grab something to eat and we'll have a beer um but I felt like when I look back I feel like during the week it wasn't as often um and if it was it was just one um but it was like the weekends yeah you know 
we would go to parties. Or, Which and, feels and normal. And when you're in college, it's you would go to parties Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, right. right, right. <laughs> I guess it was, was most nights during the week. Um, or almost. So, yeah, I mean, I my 20s are a blur, yeah. truthfully. Fair. Um, I was married when I was in my early 20s, got divorced in like mid to late 20s, and then got remarried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I made poor decisions. I, you know, I've shared this before, but, you know, I got, I got behind the wheel when I should not have. Same. And, and it's hard to say that. I mean, it gets easier when I say it, but it's hard to say that because I can, on the one hand, say, oh, all drunk drivers are assholes. They deserve mm-hmm. to go to prison. They, the, you know, because they do, mm-hmm. truthfully. Like, it's it's wrong. Like, you're putting somebody else's life at risk. Like, right. forget your own. Do whatever the hell you want with yourself. But mm-hmm. as soon as you do that, you're risking, you know, whatever. You're risking a lot for other people. And so right. I'm not obviously proud of that. Mm-hmm. But... I had a problem. Like I had a real problem. Yep. Um and 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 you know, I cheated on significant others mm-hmm. because of alcohol. I you know, I blame alcohol, but it's a huge part of it. Right. You know, I the culture. I, yes, yeah. like um just made really poor decisions. Put myself in really risky s- situations. Um like I said with just those, you know, getting drunk for the very first time with two guys. Um not knocking guys but like you know as a 15 or 16 year old girl it's probably not the best decision you can make and you know just there's just so many things and it's hard too because I was just thinking about this this morning it you know I am who I am today because of all of this Mm -hmm. and I really like who I am and I really like the lessons that I've learned and but at the same time especially like the 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 driving while I'm under the influence is like a really hard thing for me to accept and forgive to like reconcile within yourself yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one yeah I there are a couple times that stick out to me of me doing the same thing and being like you're so lucky so so lucky lucky. and not even for me yeah not even for for me me, right it's for me it's all of the other people out there of like you know it could be a poor single mom who's like driving home from like a second shift or something right our family like you like you just yeah you never know yeah um that's a tough one but i feel like people people are going to hear this and they'll be like oh well it sounds like you two were drinking to excess and that's bad but i can have three or four drinks and i can drive yeah and that's where this like weird alcohol culture comes in and it just tries to rationalize what we do because it goes back to that arc like a lot of people are trying to use the word sober now they're like i went sober this weekend i'm like that's not how you use i know (laughs) how you use that word and if you're drinking and you get in the car you are drinking while under the influence right right right. yeah that's the the sober word is a tricky word and you know i think i've started moving toward alcohol free which is really weird because if i had to define what i was in my 20s i would say i was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. As I look to my 30s, I don't know if I do as much, which is yeah. like weird, right? Because once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Like it's not, it doesn't just go away, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have two things to say to those. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a really weird space, I feel like, for, for me to be in. And I think there are others that are like me where it was that more of a gray area. Mm-hmm. 
especially in my, you know, late, you know, into my thirties. Um, whereas like, I don't think I was physically dependent on it, Mm -hmm. very much emotionally dependent on it. Um, so I don't know, does that, I don't know. I have an issue using a label. I don't know what my issue is there, but. So my second round of rehab, so I checked in and did intensive outpatient. So I had to work it out with my job because they tried to fire me me legally. You can't. Mm. (laughs) So I'd have to go to my job. I'd have to work morning shifts. Um, I'd check out. I'd have a half hour to get to treatment center. And I would sign myself in and I'd have to be there until like, I think like 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Funny enough, see that building, that like large building across mm-hmm. the way? Yeah. That's where I had my treatment, oh, which no is, I, get, I was telling you about my family. Yes. I know, like yeah. weird. It's not weird. We'll, we'll, it's do, not weird. we'll do a spiritual podcast yeah, at some point. Write that down right? too. Yeah, write that I'm down. I'm just going to keep coming to just, Salem. Just keep, cool. We just move in. We have cool stuff here. Don't yeah. my family. You can, you and the cat and the family can have this room. Yep. Perfect. Um, so I remember my first day there. You know, the woman, when I was doing my intake, she's like, essentially, what are your problems? And I'm just like, um, here are all my problems. And the woman, like, took her glasses off, put her pen down. She goes, sounds like chicken or the egg. I'm like, what does that mean? She's Mm. like, I don't know if you have a physical addiction and it's causing all these other problems or if you have underlying emotional issues and trauma that are causing these things to manifest in the ways of addiction. Right. And I'm like, well, no one's ever said that to me before. Everyone just wanted to talk to me about Freud and, like, mommy and daddy problems, yeah, right? right? And she's like, let's, you've done all the other therapy, like, try this. Let's see right. if this works. And it did because yeah. I'll never forget. So I walk in the first day. It was like a movie. Rick, I think he was, like, 17 or 18 years sober at that point. So you have these real people who are living these truths, right? And so he's like, okay. So he's like, all our new people, like, you have to stand up. You just stand up, like, yeah. in the movies and say no your thanks. name. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, it's like oh, my nightmare. No, I know. Like I'm already like in other like rehab issues right. with like anxiety and like feeling out of college. So like I stand up and I'm like, "Hi, my name's Jen and I'm an alcoholic, but I used to be addicted to pills and now I'm not anymore." And I went to sit down and he goes, "You're an addict." Yes. And I was like, just like this like bitchy 20 No. Yeah. He's like and like people are giggling because they've been through it, right? It's so funny. So they're like, he's like, no, you're an addict. And the minute yeah. that you forget that you're not, he right. goes, you're going to fall. You're going to relapse. He's like, you have to own that shit and realize that you have something, you know, whether you want to call it a disease, addictive personality. He goes, I don't care what you label it. Right. He goes, but the minute you don't have, well, I think Elisha Schlesinger calls it the party goblin, right? The mm. minute you forget that that's a part of you. Yeah. Right. You fall. Yes. One of the, the th- so third time, third time's a charm. Third time I went to rehab, um, I did, I think looking back, I was okay. I was just so panicked that I was going to fuck up again. I was so panicked yeah. of like, you know, I had other sexual assault issues, like driving, I'm going to lose my license, right? You just, I think I was still processing. Right. And so I went and just did group um, three or four times a week, depending on what I needed. And I remember them giving us these cards and they're like, on your own, you have to decide if these people are alcoholics, then you're going to come together and talk about it. Mm. And it would have been like, you know, Susan has one martini after work every single day. Is Susan an alcoholic? And I'm like, no. <laughs> right? I would have answered that differently, right? but yes. I'm a mom, like, young kid. I'm like, no, yeah, I like, don't know. No. She's fine, right? Yeah. Because I'm just like, well, she's not drinking like six beers like my grandfather, right? Right. So then you go to comparison culture. Right. Right? Like another one was like, Bobby binge drinks Thursday and Friday, but he doesn't drink the rest of the week. Is he an alcoholic? Right? So they gave us all mm. these scenarios. Mm. So in rehab, they're yeah. just like, it's not about what the behavior looks like. It's not right. about what anyone else wants to right. call it. It's what's it within you. Right. 
And I think in our culture today, it's really easy to just be like, oh, well, you're not this, so you're not that, so you're... Yeah. Instead of just being like, shit, Taryn, you're hurting. Yeah. Can I help you with your right, problem, right? right? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's really why interesting. it's just interesting, like, that that whole first thing that I saw with you of people, like, shitting on you for being sober. It's just like, this person's trying to fix something in their life. I know. Like, let's let's honor that yeah. shit. So what for you, I mean, I did a lot, did a lot of rehab. What for you, Where when were you finally, like... I know you told me about like a time at Red Robin or something oh, like yeah. that where you're like, this is it. So there was a lot kind of leading up to that Red Robin. Always, this is so funny. It's a Red Robin story, but <laughs> um, but it's really important too to talk about like that, that driving and the drinking thing too. Mm-hmm. So for probably, I mean, probably ever since I started drinking, I was trying to quit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am an alcoholic. All right, so yeah. ever since I started drinking, <laughs> I was trying to quit. You know, I did, I was just saying to Chris, my husband, the other night, like, how weird is it that we get drunk, we feel like shit the next day, we're throwing mm-hmm. up, probably also having diarrhea, yep. like, and then we think, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, Let's I love do this. this again. This is great. You know, this is a great time. Yep. Like, it's really interesting to me that we even do this. Mm-hmm. But okay, where was I? What was I saying? Red Robin. Goes oh, to Red okay. Robin. Drinking, driving. So, so my whole life, I've been trying to, to not drink. And it finally got came to a head, I think, for me when I had my daughter, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, my first daughter. Because I'm like, well, I have to take care of another human. I can't be drunk. Right. And, you know, there were times that we'd go out. You know, we'd get a sitter or whatever. We'd go out. And the next morning I'd wake up and I'd be mildly hungover or we'd stay in and have a couple of drinks and I'd be mildly hungover. And you and just don't feel good. You don't feel good. Don't and feel I'm like, like sitting you. on the couch and I just kind of hang in and like my kids are like, mommy, play with me. And I'm like, oh, mommy just needs to like relax today. <laughs> and it's though it were it was like all of that kind of just built up to be like, what the fuck am I doing here? And I think even more so I had... In October of 2017, I think now that I'm going back. Yeah. October of 2017, I literally had a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. It was fucking bananas. Amazing I, I bananas. You. <laughs> Amazing bananas. Mm-hmm. And as I started thinking about how I wanted to up-level my life and mm-hmm. become more spiritual yep. and just become the best version of myself, I thought, how the hell can I do that if I'm drinking and if I'm waking up late later than I'd like to and feeling like shit and not getting going on my day until about noon like I'm wasting so much of my life to do this thing that I don't even feel good about I I have I don't know if you experience this but I have loose lips when I drink so I kind of do anyway but yeah (laughs) so like it's not I don't like talking about other people I don't like gossiping I don't I I don't feel my best when I do that there's no filter but right when you're drinking there is no filter and so you know I'm waking up the next morning oh my god what did I say oh my god what did I do oh that who did I embarrass was it myself I am you know there's just so much and I was like I'm too old for this and I'm ready to like kick this shit up a notch and I can't do it with alcohol Mm -hmm. so it, it had been like maybe a month after or a couple of months after I decided, all right, this is for real. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done with, with alcohol, at least for now. I had in my head, you know, maybe in the maybe later on in life, like I'll be at a wedding and I'll champagne toast. Sure, that's fine. Or, 
you know, I go to the, I don't know, Caribbean with my husband one day, just the two of us. Have a pina colada, right? Yeah, you know, so I had that in the back of my mind because it was scary, the idea of never, ever, 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 ever Using again. an absolute is definitely right. terrifying. Terrifying. And, and I still truthfully can't tell you where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now is I'm not drinking and it's working and I'm thrilled with it. But so we're at Red Robin. Sorry, very long story oh, short. that's good. Keep it going, um, girl. Keep so it going. <laughs> we're at Red Robin, and normally when we've gone to Red Robin, Chris will get a beer, and I will get the Red Robin Margarita or whatever the hell right, it's whatever called. Right, whatever their drink you know, is. Like whatever, yeah. the, whatever it's called. And we'd just have one, right? <laughs> and we'd eat with our children, and then we'd get in the car and, you know, go home or whatever. And... It had been like a month or two after I had decided, okay, I'm not going to drink. And I sat there and was like, oh, I could really use a margarita right now. Mm-hmm. And That's the narrative. I bet Chris could really use a beer because he has been really great in, you know, working on his own stuff, but it's his own stuff. So I'm not going to like, yep. I'm not pulling him along for the ride. I'm just doing my own thing. If he's inspired by it, awesome. Cool. Yeah. You know. And so he's been great whenever we go out. <laughs> and so... I had that thought and then I was like, you know what? That's really fucked up because what's the thing you say to people and to kids especially? Never get in a car with somebody who's been drinking. Yep. Never. Just don't do it. Even if it's just one drink. Yep. And here we are. And I know this will probably irk some people to like hear me say this out loud. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to sit there and tell your kids, don't ever get in a car with somebody who's even had one drink, yet you're drinking one drink and then driving your kids' asses home. Yep. Do as I say, not as I do. You're right. Right. And so, so that's like, you know, the ahas have been around the alcohol industry, you know, the marketing, especially Mm -hmm. to moms. I've gotten really fucking angry and pissed about it. Good for and you. I think that's that propelled me, especially in the early months, mm-hmm. um, like how to like keep on, keep it on, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That that's fueled it. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely opened my eyes. You know, I, I've gone through my own alcohol stuff, right. my own drug stuff. Um, I took a full year off of drinking. Mm. Um, I did therapy, so the place across the street. Mm. So my second go around, I'm like, there are things I like about drinking. There are things I don't. Right. Um, And it took me a long time with a lot of, we'll call them bumps in the road, Mm. to be able to now go out and have a glass of wine. Yeah. I love Belgian beers. Yeah. But there's a difference. Like, I never went out and had 16 Belgian beers and drove into the hospital. It'd be drinking straight vodka, right? Going Very to that different. right intention behind it, exactly right. Absolutely. Like, so that was kind of my own journey. Everyone's journey is going to be different in that way. Right. But what I didn't notice that you helped me see is that marketing, this yeah. like wine mom culture, right? This so gross. There, there are yeah. there are you know signs like I have my grateful, thankful, blessed. Yeah. Right? There's like mommy wine time. There's yes. T-shirts. That's all that stuff. And right. Um, I am not here to judge anyone. Everyone no, needs to do their own not. thing, right? It's not about that. But it's actually not even about the mom who does it. That's not that, that's right. not the issue. Exactly yeah. my point, right? It's it's getting moms and everyone to just take a step back and say, "Hmm, why am I doing this thing?" Right? Like right. you just said, I could use a yes, right? That intention, right? For me, ten years ago, drinking was like how fucked up. Can mm-hmm. I get Absolutely. in the next three hours, right? Like I was drinking, I would drink straight vodka, splash cranberry. Like 
That's disgusting. Yeah. And people, like, I used to be like, I love this. No, you don't. No, you, you don't. You want to not feel no, your you feelings. Don't. Right. Versus now I'm like, hmm, I've had a lovely day. I'm going to go get a piece of pizza. I'm going to have, like, a Malbec. I'm going to have glass. Right? right. Like, the difference. Very different. In that market. And no one's marketing Nobody's to that marketing person. That. Nobody's, Nobody's marketing, marketing to that to person. That. Everyone's well, like. You probably can't make money off of that. Huh. Bingo. Yeah. Right? So to, mom, to the moms out there, nobody's here to hate on you. We just no. want you to just think about the intention. Yeah. And I think it's hard, too, because, you know, there are people. I mean, I haven't met them. But apparently, <laughs> there are people who do just have one glass. And when I say one glass, I'm talking the classic six ounces of wine as one glass. Right. It took me a long time. Yes, but it you did. get there. there. And so you're the first person. Um, <laughs> but I know that there are people out there who do just have that one beer. Like maybe you really like an IPA and you want to try it out. Right. And, you know, like maybe right. that's your thing. And, you know, once every whatever you do that. Like, but, but it's not the, the norm. It's not the norm. Not and the there's, norm. I think the, the problem is, is that there are so many moms that are hurting and there's so many of us who have unresolved issues from growing up, especially mm -hmm. that we haven't healed yep. and we use it as a, as a means to deal with problems and not just our past problems, but our current problems. I mean, like we're under so much freaking stress. Mm -hmm. A lot of moms have to work, but also our moms like that's. And have this pressure to be this like perfect, perfect. freaking mom of Her, like the, the PTA mom, yep. the bring, you know, helping out and doing this mom. Bento everything. box lunches yes. every single day that every are perfect day. and their kids have to look perfect and everything yeah. on Instagram has to be perfect. And there's so much stress and anxiety around it. And so we're told, well, we know you have a, a rough go of it. So the I know the only thing that's going to get you through is this wine or whatever it is that you choose to drink and I just think there's another way and I think that there's um, you know when you start talking about that messaging and that marketing because you don't need to drink to parent mm -hmm. if you want to have enjoy your glass of wine you go right ahead you want to have a beer go right ahead but if you're using it to suppress feelings of right. anxiety frustration anger whatever is going on for you, you you don't need alcohol you need therapy Right. <laughs> you know, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you need. But so. it, it's, it's true. And I think that goes back to the second stint in rehab with that lady of, like, it, it really doesn't matter why you're here at this right. point, but you're here and there's something that needs to be yeah. uncovered. And I think I'm going to do an episode on addictions anyway, but I think what people... People want to say this is the alcoholic, this is what they look like. People want to say this is the drug addict, this is what they look right. like. Um, but what about the person that online shops themselves into debt? What about the person right. that's gambling themselves into debt? What's about the person that is, you know, essentially having an eating disorder based on like underlying trauma, right? right. Like if you need something external to excess, right. there's something deeper there. Yeah. And we're here to tell you, it is okay. Go get help. Cause yeah. you know what? You're gonna feel so much effing better. So much better. So much better. Cause I love what you said about you just don't wake up and feel like, oh my God, who did I offend? What right. happened? Did I say something? Did I harm someone? Oh my God, that guilt is the yeah. one thing that I don't miss. Like I, I wake up, <laughs> oh I literally wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and it's ridiculous and annoying probably to some people, but you know, I, I wake up with zero regrets, zero right. hangovers, right. ready to face the day for my awesomeness, but also to be a present for my kids. Okay, we'll just mic drop it. Yeah, let's we'll go. To, we'll let's, let's go to resources. So, oh yeah. Um, I wrote down a bunch of the things that you talked about. I have the naked truth. Oh, What's that? 
So that's a book by Annie Grace. Okay. Um, it's fantastic. I think it's very palatable <laughs> for most people. Okay. Um, and she approaches it more from sober curiosity mm -hmm. um, and also like as an experiment. So trying it out and seeing, you know, how does it impact you? What are the feelings that are coming up for you on day one? Oh, I'm not having a drink today. Do I need it? Do I not need it? Right. Um, she talks a lot about like those stats that you mentioned. There's a lot of stats in that book. I think that's where I pulled the 80 something percent yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, you know, she's she also talks about. And I'm not going to do this justice, but she talks about how anybody can become an alcoholic. It is the amount of time that's different for people. Mm -hmm. So some people can become an alcoholic very shortly after having drank you know, a few times mm -hmm. and they become addicted very quickly. Whereas somebody could drink 80,000 times and on the 80,000th first time mm -hmm. is when they become physically addicted. So um, it's really interesting. There's a lot of science, there's a lot of brain info in there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's it's just a really good book to start with if you're, if you're curious about how alcohol is impacting you. Um, and then what was the website you gave me? Sober Mom Tribe. Right. So that's actually yep. a friend of mine. That's her site, mm -hmm. um, and she she shares a lot. I actually think she's like a sober coach, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. I really enjoy her. So she's got a ton of stories on her site there, mm -hmm. my stories there, um, and it's really just it. It's really cool to be able to see, not cool, but because I shouldn't use that word, but it's really good to be able to see that others are experiencing what we're experiencing. We're just, it basically is we're not alone, right? Know? And I think that you know, when you have an addiction issue of any kind, it really does feel so isolating because that's what it does. It wants to pull you so away. Yeah. yeah, it wants you to pull you away from the world, especially if you're online and you're seeing all these moms that are like, oh, I'm drinking, and you're like, where do I fit in? Right. So we'll post all these resources online. And then I, then I just wrote down a couple things of um, mocktails are big right now. I know you mm. post a lot of mocktail yeah. stuff, which is yeah. nice. So follow Taryn, get some good recipes, because that's, I think, it reminds me of like the cigarette thing. I used to smoke a lot, and mm. I didn't even like smoking. Oh, yeah. I just I, I wanted, really would love to meet a person that's like, yeah, this is so this great. This is amazing. You know? It smells so good, it, yeah. and I, I smell awesome. my mouth is yeah. great, right? Like, But it's it's just putting something in place yes, of that physical it's behavior. It's even sometimes just holding the drink. Yeah. You know, no, that was it. I just wanted to hold the yeah. cigarette or the joint, right? Yeah. Whatever it was. Yep. Um, and I think another thing to talk about, so you definitely need a support system. Um, yeah. For me... I think we talked about this a little bit. I lost a lot of friends, but I was in my 20s. Right. So I think it's, it's a little different it where like different. everyone's in college. Um, and as I've said it before on this podcast, I do not hold resentment or hate right. or anger oh, yeah, toward yeah. anyone. But there are a lot of people that couldn't be there. They couldn't be in that space with me. Yeah. That's cool. But you do need to find your people. And that may be online. That may be through yeah. like one friend. Um, but yeah, it's from my personal experience, don't put yourself in the drinking atmosphere for yeah. a while. You know, remove yourself from it. And things you can do, offer to be the DD, pick the right places to go, yep. um, have your taglines ready of, I remember that was a big thing in rehab yeah. of like, just be prepared. Right. And that might feel scary, but it's gonna help you in the moment to be like, like in at Red Robin of being like, I don't need that drink. Right. Because I'm prepared to be here and be prepared to not drink. And does that work? Yeah, but. You know, when you get to wake up the next day and feel good and play with your kids and yeah. work out. Yeah. yeah. That's, you're right. Your workouts are going to be even better when you wake up 
not hungover. Right, because they hear so often, you're gonna get I'm, stronger. Just, I'm gonna sweat it out, and I'm like, no. I don't fucking sweat anything out. Like, no. if I've had alcohol and in, in that capacity, like, I wanna be in my bed and hate yeah. myself all day. I don't and wanna like, be sweating out. You're not doing out. as many reps, you're not lifting as heavy, you're not, you know, able to move as quickly. And you can get hurt. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Um, <laughs> the other places, too, and I'll post all this stuff, you know, if you're, if you're, really starting to think about your drinking, call your PCP, call a therapist, um, and you can attend AA groups. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be like inpatient. It doesn't have to be no, intensive no. outpatient, but there are places you can go to hear stories. Um, and I think for me, that was really helpful to hear what other people were going through because some were so fucking crazy. People losing their houses, losing nursing licenses, right? And yes. then there's just some people that are like, I can't not drink on the weekends. Right. Right. Every Everybody fits in there in some way, but... I like what you just said when you're like, huh, I don't know if I can stop drinking. Wait, maybe I am an alcoholic, right? Yeah, like, yeah. if you need something, no matter what it is, outside of yourself to function. Right. Then, yeah, maybe it's yeah. time to ask those questions. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, this is so good. Um, <laughs> all right. So now I'm going to end the way I always do. Taryn, how mm. can we rewrite this narrative? And or what advice can you give our listeners? What's their takeaway? So... I was thinking about this. I, this is the only thing I brought notes for. Cause I was awesome. Like, I, I was like, okay, this note. is kind of what I want to chat about. But, you know, I've been a very reflective in the past several years of my life about why I do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we need to start examining our beliefs, our morals, our values, our behaviors. Like, why do we do these things? And a lot of it comes from society, but a lot of it comes from what did our parents do and mm -hmm. believe and you know you think about even just something simple as like politics you know for a while I believed what my parents believed mm -hmm. because they were my parents you know but as you grow and get older and you form your own ideas about things mm -hmm. that changes this is the same thing yep like why are you drinking are you drinking because that's what people do are you drinking because your dad drank like why are you drinking when did you start like, you know we went through this whole thing like Go through the whole story for yourself. Go through your own narrative. Right, write yeah. it, you know, write it out, journal it out and and see what comes up for you. Look at those patterns. Mm -hmm. Look at what really, you know, was bothering you and and really start examining what you do. Is it creating joy? Um, is Are you waking up excited about your life and your day? And, you know, I know people have a whole host of problems that I'm not gonna try to begin to understand that have way more to do than just alcohol right. but you know does drinking alcohol bring you joy you know a answer that question for yourself and, and answer it honestly honestly <laughs> honestly and and it's okay if you say yes it does because then I don't have to feel my feelings that's an okay answer too absolutely you know and and so then examine that mm -hmm. why don't you want to feel your feelings what's coming up for you and you know like you said therapy please and thank you um <laughs> always but, and forever but I think the biggest thing with therapy and the biggest thing with all of this is you need to figure out ways to heal because you need to break the cycle yep there's generational healing that needs to take place mm -hmm. and you can be the one that changes the trajectory for all generations to come within your lineage and and i think that our children our grandchildren and beyond deserve that so damn. there you go damn
Taryn, thank you so much for being hey, here with me today thank for you. sharing all of your story with the world. I know it's going to help so many people. Uh, and thank you for that last mic drop because I'm pretty much speechless at this point, which oh, takes a lot. Cut it out. <laughs> Stop it. Um, so we'll post all of your information, all of these resources online, and hopefully we'll have you back someday to talk about something a little more happier. Upbeat. Sure, yeah, upbeat, a little, little more fun. Spiritual or fuck it, we'll just jump into consent next time you get there you here. There go, yeah. Just keep it real. Keep it real. Taryn, thank you so much. Thank you. Man, that was awesome. That was some real truth telling in that episode. And to be honest, I was really nervous about listening to it <laughs> before I posted it because I had shared so much. But Taryn, seriously, you gave me the courage to share my stories and both of us truly hope that we will impact at least one person in a positive way to either get help um, or share their story with others. So one thing I wanted to mention, I did misspeak at one point. Um, when we're talking about the top three countries for drunk driving issues, it's South Africa, not South America. So that's me reading my notes too quickly. Um, but after Taryn and I stopped recording, you know, I, I always ask people if there's anything else they wanted to say. And she made a really great point about cleaning products and just alcohol as a chemical. You know, there are so many people out there that promote clean beauty products, um, organic cleaning products. They talk about clean eating and they want to be environmentally friendly. But there, there's a lot of those same people that are putting alcohol in their bodies, which is something that can literally kill you. So I won't say too much more on it. It's her point, but I think it's a really valid point and something to consider. And at the end of the, the end of the day, our message isn't to stop drinking. It's it's just it's about intention. It's just like the diet culture episode. It's just about thinking what you're doing and why. It's kind of like one of the blog posts I had about makeup, but you know, I'm not telling people to wear makeup or don't wear makeup. It's just stopping and questioning why we do things. And then when we, we ask that question, then following it up with, should we keep doing that thing? If you feel shitty drinking, why are you doing it? If it's costing you a lot of money, why are you doing it? And then if you can't stop, maybe you have a moment like Taryn did where you say, shit, I need to step back from this. And maybe I need to ask for help. And that is okay. There's no shame in asking for help. And I know part of our culture tells us we can't do that. But I just want to leave you with a couple things. You know, rehab, rehab for me taught me how to live. Honestly, it, it, it just gave me life skills. It taught me coping mechanisms, positive coping mechanisms. It taught me how to face being an adult, seriously, about paying my bills and opening mail and how to save money and how to function on your own. Um... It taught me that life doesn't have to be one train wreck after another. It taught me about boundaries, which is a big one. I remember that day in rehab. About boundaries, about taking care of myself and not letting people abuse me in all sense of the word. And, and you know, putting boundaries up with toxic people that could be boyfriends, girlfriends, family members, you know, all of that stuff. And the number one takeaway, it taught me how to act and not react. Now, granted, those that know me, I'm still working on that one, but... I'm aware of it now. I wasn't aware of it before. And maybe that's it. It gave me awareness. So 
I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, you know, I'm not a therapist or a doctor, neither is Taryn, school guidance counselor though. <laughs> um, we're just speaking from our own experience. And the goal of this podcast isn't to have you listen and then start comparing, right? That's one of the messages we're trying to get you to break away from. But the goal is to get you thinking. And if you start thinking and you continue to think and you, you maybe you need to reach out to someone, call your primary care physician call a therapist, call some type of licensed professional. You know, it's, it's not like you have to go into a 30-day inpatient treatment program. There are so many different rehab groups. There are so many different groups that are AA and or like AA. But if you're someone that feels like you're on the edge, reach out to any of the emergency centers in your area, all that stuff you can find online. Friends, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I feel like it's a really important one. I'm probably going to say that for every episode, but Alcohol use is so pervasive in our culture, and it's so normalized, and I think it's time for us to change that. So, until next time, bye guys.